What's up, guys? Robert Ventulin here. Going to talk about the crazy March Madness results so far. We finally have our Sweet 16. I'm back with Nathan Wasserman again. What's up, man? Let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? Dude, good dude. Uh, crazy uh, March Madness, man. I love it. It's my favorite event every year. I'm sure it is. it's up there for you too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Favorite, my favorite sporting event of the year. I 100% agree with that. Um, let's quickly recap the first round. Um, I don't want to go through every game, just ones that are notable. Let's start with obviously the biggest upset, uh, probably in March Madness history, if I'm going to be honest with you. That was FDU, a 16 seed, beating Purdue, a number one seed. It's funny. We talked about it earlier. We, we we talked about the recent struggles of Purdue and how they choke. I don't I don't think any of us had them in the championship game, right? I didn't at least. No, no, I had them. Um, I, I didn't even have them in the uh, final four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't think we expected this, but uh, it's pretty crazy. Uh, basically, they 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 beat Purdue. They go to the sweet six or the second round. Uh, round of 32, and they lose to FAU. They were up for a bit, and then they ultimately just couldn't have enough left in the tank to finish that game. But uh, this is what you love about the tournament. FDU has a good run, and uh, reports are now that uh, that coach got the job at Iona. So good for him. What was your reaction to that game real quick? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy. Um, I know we talked about how we thought Memphis had a chance to beat Purdue. Of course, Memphis didn't advance either. We really liked FAU. We just didn't like that Memphis matchup um, that they had to go against. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was really it's a shocking game. Obviously the shortest team in the country as was repeated a thousand times on the broadcast, um, upsetting one of the tallest players in the country. All American is a huge deal. I think he had one basket in the last eight or nine minutes. Yeah. Um, you always wonder how that happens, but sometimes that happens. I mean, when the coach said earlier in the week, um, he was like, I don't know. I think we can beat him. The more I watch them. You know, something I think something got into Purdue's head. And so if you have a killer instinct, you hear that quote and you beat him by 30. But Purdue, I mean, that team had no killer instinct. And a lot of times, I mean, in March Madness, it's all about guards. And those are the guys that really kind of carry out that killer instinct and beat the teams. And Purdue was all about the center. They didn't have it. And you saw what happened. I mean, really surprising result. But I think that quote kind of got in their heads and they got stiff. And they lost. That's kind of that's how it goes sometimes. Yeah, and I'll give you props for his due, man. Remember, I brought it up before we ended that uh, he made that uh, comment about how he thinks he could beat Purdue. I kind of laughed it off, but you said, "I don't know, man. You gotta watch out." I right. kind of believe in that stuff, so yeah. uh, I'll give you the shout on that one, man. That was pretty good. Um, like I said, we're not gonna do every every game. Just notable ones, obviously. Um, uh, it was Furman beating Virginia. That was a nice story. I don't know what uh, Kihei was doing, making that lob pass from the middle of the court. Uh, the steal, but more importantly, the shot uh, to win the game, 60 over 67. And we both noted, I said that they would probably lose more in the second round than the first, but we both uh, were were had our hunches right that there could be a potential upset uh, because, Absolutely. honestly, we just don't trust Virginia, man. Yep. All right, we, we did not think Virginia had much of a chance to go very far in this tournament, and they showed us really why why we didn't believe in them. Um, their defense works very well in the regular season. Um, in the postseason, it's it's more about scoring, honestly. Um, I know there's the old adage, defense wins championships, but you know when you're playing in the postseason, you're playing these really good teams, and they're going to score anyway. They have all week to scout your defense. Um, they know what they got to do, and if you can't get those baskets at the end of the game because everyone's going to play a close game in March Madness. If you don't have the guys to score those clutch baskets at the end of the game and they haven't done it all year, you're not going to get the wins. So that's what happens in Virginia March Madness every year, and that's what happened again. Yep, uh, I agree 
I will say this. Um, obviously, there was one more upset. The first two upsets, they didn't get to the round of six or sweet 16. But Princeton, of against all odds, a 15 seed in Ivy League school, I believe the only Ivy, no, actually the only Ivy League school in this tournament. Uh, number one, beating Arizona. A lot of people had them in the final four. Some people had them as a sleeper to win it all. Obviously, this is pretty shocking. Uh, I thought Arizona would would probably get to the Elite Eight at least. But, uh, look, they lost to Princeton, and then, you know, they beat Missouri, who's a great shooting team. So, I mean, they have two legit wins, man. Now they're playing Creighton. And we'll talk about that later, but I'm spoiler alert. I have I have a real I have I have them as a real chance to be Creighton because of their style of play. Yeah, man. I mean, I will say against Arizona, I did, I did mention that you know Arizona chokes a lot. Not that I really thought. Hey, I wasn't really giving Princeton any chance to win, but I saw Cornell play Miami, and Princeton beat Cornell, and I was like, you know, if Cornell can play us close, and they can beat Cornell. I don't see why they can't give Arizona a game, especially given their history. I didn't think they were going to pull off the upset. And I'll tell you what I really didn't think was that they were going to pull off that second round upset because Missouri looked unbelievable in the first round. I actually thought Missouri had a chance to uh, play Alabama for like the spot in the final four. That's what I really thought was going to happen. And Princeton just shut that down. So that's the first round game, as shocking as it was. The second round game actually shocked me more after how well Missouri played against Utah State. I really thought Missouri had something going and I was wrong. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Those are really the, the big, big surprises um, in the first round. Obviously, there was a couple other ones, but for the most part, those are really the three big shocking ones. Um, obviously, I had Oral Roberts uh, beating Duke. They got crushed. Um, is there any other game you want to talk about before we move on to the round of 32? Uh, obviously, we could talk about Miami, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about them when we get to the Sweet 16. Yeah, we'll talk about them when we get there. And I, I just want to say, you know, that those that those big upsets, 16, 15, and uh, 13 seed, kind of hid the fact that this was a really, really shitty first round. Um, I yeah. don't consider eight, nine games an upset. And after that, um, we had almost no lower-seeded teams win. We had one 10 seed and one 11 seed win. Um, no 12 seeds won. And I don't even know the last time that we only had five double-digit seeds win in the first round. Um, and specifically, really the 10, 11, 12s to go, I believe it was 2 and 10. Um, I don't know if that's happened really, um, like maybe ever, especially definitely not in recent years. Uh, I know that tanked my bracket because I always kind of bank on getting those wins and those upset wins, and I pick a lot of them and didn't happen this year. Um, but a lot of people who pick chalk are doing very well right now um, just because there's really – it's kind of been disguised by those huge, massive double-digit upsets that don't really happen, but this, the smaller upsets did not happen this year. Um, something to keep keep an eye on in future years if this is going to be a new trend with the transfer portal. Maybe what's happening is these schools are actually losing guys to the bigger schools that would help them compete. I know a lot of people are saying the transfer portal is helping parity, and it might be helping parity among maybe eight seeds and up or seven seeds and up, but in those like kind of in-between schools, they might be actually – losing some of their better players like for example Vanderbilt lost Dylan DeSue to Texas I know Vanderbilt didn't make the tournament but they if they did they would have been around an 11 seed um they were a lot of people thought an unfair omission from the tournament um but Texas got Dylan DeSue from them and now Texas looks like a championship contender so those types of transfers might be making it so it's much harder for those 10 11 12 seeds to actually pick up these upsets we'll see if this is a trend or just a one-year fad 
Yeah, you said it well, man. Uh, great analysis on that. I'm sure people at home will appreciate that. Um, yeah, like you said, most of the, the higher seeds won. Um, and Nate, I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you, man, with the transfer portal and the and the way teams operate, uh, I do think there's gonna be more sleeper teams I get in. It's kind of funny, FDU wasn't even supposed to make the tournament, but we'll 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 hide that part. But uh I would not be surprised if next year we see another 16 seed beat on one seed. Um I think this is going to be a little more common in the future, uh, but obviously it's still very hard to do. But that's why you love the tournament, man. There's so many. I mean, I remember we were texting in a group chat. We we both screamed madness because that's why you love it. So um, great Absolutely. first round. All right, let's get to the second round here. Um, we talked about Princeton beating Missouri. Uh, another surprising one was Creighton beating Baylor. I thought Baylor would have the edge on that one, uh, but they kind of – for the most part, the score doesn't say, but honestly, man, they killed him the whole game. Yeah, Creighton led that really wire to wire, and I was especially upset with that game. Um, in our in our bracket group, actually, a buddy of mine has a very similar bracket to me, um, and he still has a decent chance to win. But that game decided which of us would be ahead, um, by ten points either way. He had Creighton, I had Baylor. If Baylor had won, I would have a very good chance to win the whole thing right now, and instead. <laughs> He uh he he's got the upper leg, so I'm actually eliminated now, which is unfortunate. But that it actually all swung on that game and the Miami game. I needed both of them. I got Miami, and he got um he got Creighton. So that's it for me. Gotcha. But, yeah, Creighton really led led wire to wire. It's a very frustrating game for me to watch. Um, I, I you know Baylor has really been up and down all year. Um, I, they've they've really they've shown flashes of excellence like championship form. And then other games, they just disappear. And this was one of those games where they just disappeared. Props to Creighton. I underestimated them maybe. Or maybe this is more of a Baylor collapse story. I'm not sure. We'll kind of see what happens next round. Yeah, I gave Baylor the benefit of the doubt because they won the national championship two years ago. And they have a pretty good coach. But, uh, yeah, this is a little surprising. But, honestly, Creighton's been known for the three-point shooting for really years. So uh, two, straight, not- uh, two straight round of 32 exits for Baylor. Yeah, uh, they're taking a twist back ever since they won the national championship. So a little bit of a concern, but they still made the tournament, so not too bad. Um, Alabama took care of Maryland. Uh, Brandon Miller played really well that game. Uh, San Diego State beats Furman to the really so the surprise of no one. They they crushed them. Princeton beats Missouri. We talked about that. FDU, FAU. um, FDU at one point took the lead by five points. Uh, late in the second second half, uh, but FAU pulled away late. They are quote unquote the Cinderella team, but I know a lot of people like them now because of that late uh, 360 dunk that guy tried to attempt uh, when the game was over. So some people are kind of salty about that. Uh, let's get to Duke to Tennessee. Obviously, a lot of people had Duke uh, in the Final Four. I even had some friends that picked them in the championship, and some even win the whole thing. So um, look, I was never high on Duke. I had Oral Roberts beating them. I'm not trying to be salty, but uh, there was a point where they were unranked. I mean, they, they caught lightning in a bottle at the end of the year, but uh, I'm not, I'm honestly not too surprised they didn't make it past uh, the second round. Yeah. And I think Duke is getting a little overrated towards the end of the year. And I, I was pretty high on them also, not, not crazy high, like final four high, but I thought they had a chance in their weak region. But I mean, part of their hype is because they beat Miami in the AC tournament, but that was without Omir. He got hurt in the first play. That was really a one possession game the whole game. Then after late fouls, it became seven points. But that was a one possession game without Norchad. And we know how important he is to this team. I mean, we basically can't even play basketball without him. And with him, we're awesome. So I think if Duke loses that game, they're probably like an eight seed. Um, but instead, they beat us. They beat Virginia, who we both think sucks. 
Um, <laughs> they were really overrated all year. So because of that, people were like, oh, Duke, they're hot right now. They can win it all. And then they kill Oral Roberts. And then I'm starting to think, wow, they actually are for real. And I really thought if they're actually to get, if they were able to get past Oral Roberts, they had a good shot to go somewhere. And then Tennessee comes in with this defense that Duke hasn't seen all year. Duke had no answer. They've been playing weaker defensive teams and they just really were not ready for it. And their poor three-point shooting kind of came back to haunt them. And they've been shooting better recently. But, I mean, when you when you don't have the confidence that you can make those shots, you try to force things and it just doesn't work out. So yeah. Tennessee with their defense really handled them. I, don't, I still don't actually think Tennessee is going to make the Final Four, and I don't, even though they have a favorable path. Um, but I think Tennessee is on upset watch against FAU. I know no one's talking about that. I don't think they're going to handle business. I would put Tennessee on major upset watch against FAU. I told you a hundred times, I don't trust Rick Barnes. I know, I will tell you, he, he really coached a, a great game against uh, Duke. Uh, I'll give him some credit there. Uh, Tennessee showed up. Um, I'll give my prediction later for that game when we get there. But uh, look, Kentucky, Kansas State, uh, obviously I haven't liked Kentucky for a couple of years now. I know Calipari's a Hall of Fame coach, but uh, some of the Teams that he's had in the talent in the last couple of years haven't really matched what he's uh, had in the past. Um, I told you I'm really high on Kansas State. I actually have him in the Final Four. Uh, spoiler alert. But, uh, look, uh, I'm not surprised Kansas State won. And, obviously, they have the best story in college basketball. And then Thompson, I believe that's his name. I forgot his name. The guy who collapsed for Florida, who had that big shot to uh, to win to win it off. Yes. Kentucky. Um, Mark, um, uh, give me a second. His name's... Not yeah, hard. he's really good, man. He's their best player. Yeah. Um, in case you guys don't know, uh, he turned down $5 million to come back to play and transfer to Kansas State. And uh, he's making the most of his opportunity. And he's already made half of that in NIL money. He's probably going to get make more when he gets drafted in the late first, second round. So took a game on himself. Johnson, by the way. Yeah, Keontae Johnson. He's off. He's a really good player. Um, so good for him. Uh, what was your quick thoughts on that game? Yeah, man. I mean, to me, that was the um that 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 was one of the entire tournament. The ending of that game was really, really fun to watch. Um, Shibway was just absolutely dominating, like the offensive glass. No one could stop him. I really that was what amazing performance. But Marquise Noel put on a performance that we love to see in March Madness by guard. Uh, that was one of those hard over height kind of games. He was just absolutely unstoppable down the stretch. And that's the type of performance that we've seen from guys like Shabazz Napier, Ken, Kemba Walker from UConn, that a guy plays like that and they just win the whole thing. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and say Kansas State right now is my favorite out of this region to make the Final Four. Um, yeah. Other than Miami, I'm rooting for them to win it all. We'll see if it works out. But Kansas State was really fun to watch. Um, Marquise Noel, what a player. If he can play like that, I'd really give Kansas State a good chance to beat anybody. Yep, I 100% agree. That's why I have in my final four um, uh, before it started. Uh, I just, I don't know, for some odd reason this year, I was able to watch a lot of Kansas State games on TV a lot. So, um, and yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of good stories. So, um, hope they do well there. Uh, but Michigan State, uh, we'll talk about them later, man, or when we do our prediction. But Michigan State beat Marquette. Uh, that's a really impressive win. Um, there's something about good coaches and Tom Izzo. I think we talked about it earlier, man. You can never rule out Michigan State in, in the tournament because they always have an extra gear. Tom Izzo is one of the best coaches in college basketball. Um, honestly, not too surprised that he beat Marquette. Yeah, I mean, Izzo does what Izzo does. 
And back to that Kempom stat, they said no team of which there's been 35 or so teams that were unranked preseason um, that ended up being a one or two seed. None of those teams have ever made the final four. So when you have 35 or so teams that have done this now and zero of them made the final four, they've averaged less than two wins per tournament. This year it was Purdue and Marquette. Purdue, zero wins. Marquette, one win. This is the stat that I'm going to start incorporating into my brackets from here on out. I mean, these teams clearly, for whatever reason, do not do well in the tournament. Um, so Marquette was another one of them. And when you play Tom Izzo, who always overperforms, and you have that underperforming stat on your side, for whatever reason, it's not going to work out. And so Michigan State got the win. And honestly, we should have seen that coming from a mile away. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree. I'm kind of kicking myself in the teeth because I wish I would have picked them. I was really on the edge of that, and I ultimately chose Marquette. But um, let's get to the other side of the bracket. Let's start with uh, the bottom side, uh, the Midwest. Oh, no, sorry, the West. Um, that's uh, Kansas at Arkansas. I had Kansas winning the whole thing. Spoiler alert. Very disappointed. Um I don't want to make any excuses, but I do think that uh, Bill Self not coaching this game really costed him this one. Um, but look, all the credit in the world, Arkansas. Um, they actually, we talked about it earlier. I mentioned Nick Smith uh, from Arkansas uh, is really talented, but he's not playing that much because of the injury and some issues with the coach. So it just shows how impressively uh, deep this team is. They have arguably the best defender in college basketball now. Um, I forgot his name, but he's really good. Um, and they edge Kansas, uh, gonna, gonna be honest, totally surprised that happened. Uh, again, that's why you like the tournament. Grady Dick didn't have his best game. Uh, Jalen Wilson played pretty well. Um, but other than that, man, not really, uh, not really many people showed up, uh, and right. And they rightfully deserve to lose that game. Yeah. And man, this was a nightmare matchup for Kansas to start with. Um, Kansas is arguably the most talented team in the country. But Arkansas has three top 20 recruits, all freshmen on this team, to pair with a bunch of guys who have been to two straight elite eights. I mean, that is tough to play against. I mean, like, when, when you got all that talent and all that experience and on the other end of the roster, and that's a tough matchup. And originally, I had Kansas winning it all because I thought they were the best team. When you got to go through Arkansas, UConn, Gonzaga, and now you're just in the Final Four, I was like, you know what? They're going to lose somewhere. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was going to be against Arkansas. I don't know where it was going to be, but this is when you put up talent against that team. I mean, who knows? The sky's the limit for Arkansas. Everyone's talking about UConn, UConn, UConn. We'll see what we'll see, man. I mean, Arkansas has made two straight elite eights for a reason, um, and we'll see if they can make it a third. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to rule anything out of Arkansas. They they've shown they have such a deep roster. Um, well, let's get to the other side real quick. UConn beat St. Mary's. Uh, a lot of people like Lee UConn, that a couple people that I know, and also in our bracket have them in the final four and some even winning it all. Uh, look, Hurley's a really good coach. He's turned that program around pretty fast. Uh, they they look pretty impressive so far, man. Their big guy looks dominant. Uh, he dominated St. Mary's. Uh, what's your uh, thoughts on them? Yeah, St. Mary's a joke, five seed. Um, I want to see them <laughs> We talked about it earlier, yeah. We talked about it earlier. We saw this from, again. I was like, I mean, they really got to give St. Mary's the same seed as Miami. It's such a joke. They overseed St. Mary's every year. They're the second best team in the WCC. No one else can do anything there. Um, and they got absolutely demolished by Gonzaga. 
when they played at the end of the season, they, they had no chance. I mean, St. Mary's isn't a real team. So great. They beat VCU in the first round. Okay. The 12 seeds were not strong this year. Um, but when, when it came, when push came to shove and they had to play a real team, they didn't show up. Um, so now we get to see UConn play a real game. Um, I would actually favor Arkansas in this game. I know everyone thinks UConn's going to make the Final Four. I think UConn is the fourth best team remaining of four in their region. Yep. Not because I think UConn's bad. I think UConn's good. Um, but I really think Arkansas, UCLA, and Gonzaga are spectacular. Um, we'll see what happens. Any of those four teams can make it out. Any of those four teams could even win the championship. Yep, um, I agree. Gonna we're going to get we're going to get to our predictions in a bit. Right. Uh, yeah, the but that's that's kind of my take on UConn right now. Uh, I tend to agree with you a little bit there. Um, let's get to Gonzaga. They played a really close game. TCU, while the score really should have been 84, uh, 78, but uh, a lot of people are happy the, that that guy at the end hit that crazy three from midcourt that really yep. won a lot of people money uh, because of the spread. But uh, let's look at this really as a six point game. Uh, Gonzaga took care of business. TCU made this a really close game for a long time. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm just so tired of Drew Timmy. Uh, <laughs> I hope he moves on. But uh, look, Gonzaga. I'm not surprised they're in the Sweet 16. I think it's their fourth consecutive year. So no, uh, it's like their eighth consecutive. Oh, whoops, double that. So yeah, yeah it's pretty impressive, man. Um, but Mark Few tends when now is when the pressure gets on for them because Mark Few tends to choke all the time when I, from this point on. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's no matter what, extremely impressive to make the Sweet 16 eight straight, eight straight years. I will say, if anyone's going to do it, it is going to be a team like Gonzaga that gets to play in an easy conference. They always get an easy first-round matchup. And then in the second round, they're usually a favorite. So, I mean, it's hard even to win as a favorite in the second round. You're playing against a really good team. But if you get some upsets for you, you know, you can kind of sneak your way there. Like, if Duke always got to be a one seed playing in the WCC, they might be in the same situation. Although, because Gonzaga doesn't usually get to play Tennessee in the second round. They usually get to play, like, Illinois or Arkansas, like, like, you know, an eight, nine, maybe a seven seed. So they're in the position to do it, but it's still extremely hard to win eight straight second round games and never get upset in the first round, even if you are a very high seed. Um, And to continually have a good program, very impressive feat, but almost impossible if you're playing in a power conference and only nearly impossible if you're Gonzaga, but they pulled it off. Some people are saying it's more impressive than winning a championship in that span. I disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I think it's more unlikely, but it's not more impressive. Yeah, no one's going to look back and say, oh, they made this many sweets. I would thousand times rather have a national championship. Right. Uh, and I don't of course, what I don't is. think anyone's arguing they wouldn't rather, but more impressive, I'd still disagree. Still, yeah, they I agree. They have to beat the good teams, and they haven't done it. 100% agree. Um, UCLA Northwestern. I'm not going to lie, Nate. Um, I've changed my mind on UCLA. I would not be surprised they won the whole thing. Same. Um, they look really good, man. It looks like they haven't missed a step. They, they lost and probably the best defender in college basketball. It looks like they haven't missed a step. Obviously their defense is a little bit worse, but, um, look, they beat Northwestern by five points and, uh, we'll get to that pick later, but quick thoughts on UCLA getting to the sweet 16. I really want to see how this game plays out. Um, that Northwestern game, they controlled the game. Northwestern's a really good team. Um, I'm not putting any stock in the UNC Asheville game. It's a UNC Asheville. I mean, who knows if they could do anything. <laughs> but, I mean, yes, 68-63 win is a win. Um, it's very similar to Gonzaga's win over TCU. I think maybe – I think I, Northwestern is a little bit better than TCU. Um, really one-point difference in the games if you take out that three. So this is going to be a great matchup. Um, I'm excited to watch the game. 
we'll see what happens. I mean, I think the winner of this game has just as good a chance as anybody to win at all. Um, so we'll see. Other than the fact that they're going to have a very tough Elite Eight matchup on the other side. But but these are both very good teams, both capable. Um, and that we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, let's get to the Midwest real quick here. Uh, we'll start with uh, Texas at Penn State. Uh, your prediction to win it all. Texas advances. Um, Penn State had a good tournament, man. They they surprised a lot of people. They could, honestly could have beat Texas, but uh, a couple missed shots in the end. Uh, Texas got the win. So quick thoughts on that game. Yeah, Texas looks great. Um, as a Miami fan, I really don't want to face them, honestly. Especially mm-hmm. now that I'm out of the bracket, I will switch over to rooting for Xavier. I think we have a much better chance against them. That game might be 120 to 110 if we do play them. Um, but man, Texas <laughs> looks good. I think they have the most complete roster of any team. Um, I don't really see any flaws of, that they have. Um, and man, I'm sure Texas wants to play us instead of Houston, but you know, I, I, I mean, it would be very tough for Miami to be a Texas team, but they, they look good. Um, and I expect to see them in the final four, to be honest, still. Um, and we'll see what happens from there. Yeah. Let's get to Xavier real quick. Uh, they played Pitt. Uh, Xavier was down, I believe. At, I was watching this game. I, from the top of my head, they were down 14 or 13 in the second half at one point, and they stormed all the way back. Honestly. No, no, that was that was the Kennesaw game. Oh, that was the Kennesaw game? Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Honestly, that was Kennesaw's game to lose, and they just flat out choked. Right. Um, I, to be honest, Xavier is kind of lucky to be in this position. But, look, surviving advance, they beat Pitt, and now they are um, – in the Sweet 16, quick thoughts on Xavier. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to make this a little bit about Pitt. Um, when Burden's shots are falling, uh, Pitt is very hard to beat. He didn't have his best game. And sometimes when he doesn't play well, Pitt loses. And you look at Pitt's resume and you're like, how is this a team that I watched be so good? And then they lose these games. This is just one of those games for Pitt. So I'm not going to give Xavier that much credit still. I still need to see him against Texas. Um, but I think Xavier got lucky and they had one of the pit bad days as opposed to the pit good day that Iowa state got. Um, and so pit has been like that all year and Xavier kind of just coasted through and they were the beneficiaries of a Kennesaw state, um, collapse. There will be no collapse as of that manner by Texas. Um, we'll, we'll see. Yep. All right. Let's get to, uh, we'll start with Houston Auburn. Um, honestly, they took care of business against both teams. Auburn didn't even make this close. So Houston advances. They have uh, Sasser back in the second game. Uh, he looked pretty healthy, man. He looked pretty good. So um, Houston rolls on to the Sweet 16. Let's talk about Miami for a couple minutes. Um, they played Drake, and there was a legitimate point in the second half where I thought they were going to lose. They were down by six with like four thirty five minute mark left, and. Laranega, genius, man. He brought the full-court press, and, and it really worked against them. Got a couple turnovers, and they escaped with a win. Uh, Survivor advance. So let's talk about that first game real quick. Thoughts on that one game. And before this, I actually do want to talk about Houston-Auburn for a second. Sure. Auburn had that 10-point halftime lead. And, man, Houston, that second half of basketball was the ugliest basketball I have ever watched outside <laughs> of, like, a rec league. I felt like I was watching L.A. Fitness on a Thursday. I mean, there was a point where I was counting. Forget the number. It was something like 15 possessions in a row up and down the court. There was a whistle. I mean, we know Houston fouls a lot and Auburn fouls too. This was so ugly. I mean, Houston fouled so many times. 
and Auburn just could not make a free throw. If Auburn shot like 50% from the line this year, and Houston's actually been so lucky. We'll talk about this a little bit later. They have like the lowest free throw percentage against in the entire college basketball. Um, and Auburn shot like 50%. If Auburn make, I mean, if Auburn makes some of those free throws, they win this game. But Houston was able to come back because Auburn could not make a free throw. This guy Clark, I felt bad for him. He just couldn't put the ball in the hoop. And Houston got the momentum. It got in Auburn's head. Then they're forcing it. And that was it. I think if Auburn makes a couple free throws, they actually win that game. Um, but that that's another story. And we'll talk more about that later. Now on to Miami against Drake. This is the classic case of when you're more athletic than a team, you think you can just run through them on offense. And if they're good defenders, you can't do that. And Drake has some good defenders. And Miami just thought, we're going to bully these guys and just run through them. And they kept just getting frustrated by the fact that Drake was playing better than they thought. And so even though Drake might not even be as good as a defensive team as some of these other teams they played, when your mindset is different and you're trying to score in your normal way, you can score. But they had a different mindset than normal against Drake. And you could see it in the players' faces. You can see in the way they were trying to get the ball in the basket. And it really hurt them. Um, but when they put in that full court press, the athleticism really showed. Um, and when you're able to get points in transition, the defense doesn't matter anymore. Um, and that's kind of how they won that game. So I'm really glad they figured it out. Um, and our defense against them, even though we're not good defenders, we were just more athletic than them. And that bothered them a lot. Um, they aren't used to that. And we really took care of it. Um, Tucker DeVry had a terrible game. We kind of got lucky. We also did a lot of things to bother him. So there was all that in that game. And then luckily we won. And then on to Indiana, um, you know, Jackson Davis, as we thought, was going to get his 25, and I think he scored 22. Um, but he was more or less dominant. But then it's all about what are the other guys going to do. Miami did an excellent job of really stopping them and not, not letting them do anything else on offense. And Miami got back to Miami basketball and scored all over the place. Wong had one of his blow-up games. And whenever Isaiah Wong plays well, Miami wins. Yep. Um, because we have to win when he doesn't play well also. And so when he gives you a good game, you know you're going to play well. Norchad had 17 rebounds, just completely dominant on the glass. I'm glad we can finally shut up those people who say Miami can't rebound because they haven't watched us all year. They just look at the height and say Miami can't rebound. Meanwhile, we're going to get to this Houston game. Houston has the exact same height as us, and everyone says they can rebound. So everyone's watching Houston. No one's watching Miami, and that's okay. They probably affected our seating a little bit, but we'll talk about that when we get to that game. I will say this. If they don't have Norchad that game, they lose. I really of believe course. that. No, and you saw when Norchad came out with foul trouble in the first half, I and mean, the game came right down real close. Casey, really, I mean, maybe he'll be good next year. This is not his time. I wouldn't play him the rest of the tournament. I'd rather put in another guard instead of him and just play small, um, make Jordan play center, honestly. Or, I mean, obviously Anthony Walker can play a little bit. Anthony Walker needs to never take another jump shot in the rest of his Miami career. I don't <laughs> think he's ever made one, um, and I don't want to see him take another one. A couple times it got passed out to him, like, Jordan for three. I'm like, oh, that's Walker. And then Brick. I mean, the guy should never shoot the basketball. He can dunk. He, he can shoot the layups if he wants. I never want to see him shoot a three ever again. Um, it's just a waste of a possession. But he played well. I'll give him that. Um, that was actually one of his better games of the year. Wasn't a great game. But, man, Casey. I mean, look, last year Poplar was horrendous. He lost us that Kansas game. And now he's great. So, I'm still high on Casey for his whole career, but this is not his year. Don't let him be Poplar like was last year. Don't let him lose the next game for us. I would not put him back on the court this season. Yeah, agree, man. Um, let's get to Miami, Indiana. Uh, story of this game, Miami shot lights out. Uh, they, there was a point in the second half where they gave up the lead, but then they took it back real quick. Wong 
probably played the best game of the season. He was great. Nigel Pack made some big shots. Um, Trace Jackson Davis was virtually unstoppable. Uh, I kind of felt bad that 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 one that other this their second guy couldn't step up, but he was Grace phenomenal, Thompson, man. Yeah. Um, he he was he showed why he's an All American. They had to double team him at one point and force other guys to make shots. But overall, uh, Miami won pretty pretty easily. I'm surprised at the, the margin of victory. I thought this would be a lot closer, but good for Miami, man. They're in the Sweet 16. Quick thoughts on that game? Well, yeah, it's kind of uh, what we were talking about before, but. Yeah, I mean, hey, two straight, two straight Sweet 16s for the first time in program history. That's a massive and, uh, shout win. Out, yeah. Shout out to the women's team. That was an awesome game. I was just about to say that, yep. Yeah, Destiny Harden with the nice game winner there, three seconds left. Um, Cavender with that really clutch three and free throws late in the game. Um, you know, that that was that was a great game too. So right now Miami against Indiana in the postseason, plus, you know, those old Heat-Pacers rivalries in the LeBron years, they're, they're not doing too well against us. I don't, I don't think they like us very much. Yeah, this is big for the program, man. Two Sweet Sixteens is going to get you some recruits in the future. So, um, all right, let's let's get let's give our predictions and we'll wrap it up here. Uh, yeah. Let's start with the left side of the bracket: Alabama, San Diego State. Um, oh man, this is. I'll let you go first. I'm taking Alabama here. I think San Diego State hasn't been challenged yet. They played Charleston and Furman. Um, they are not ready for the level of basketball Alabama is about to bring to them. The Mountain West is always terrible in the tournament. This is like I think the Mountain West hasn't won more than one tournament game since like 2010 or something. Some some crazy. Actually, when you look based off of Ken Palm and seeding expectations, the Mountain West is by far the most overrated, worst conference in the country every year. Um, and I think they just got really really lucky with their draw for San Diego State. Yeah. Expect them to get bounced by a lot of points. I will say this: I think it's been a lot closer than people think. I do think San Diego's defense is pretty damn good. Um, I do think that ultimately Alabama's gonna pull away. I do think Brandon Miller and they hit, it's not just Brand people people I want to make this note. It's not just Brandon Miller on this team. This is a really good basketball team. They have a lot of good players. Uh, but I do think they're gonna pull away late and Alabama will win that game. I think the line here is seven and a half. I, I would I would take Alabama minus thirteen. Um, All right. That's my take. So if you're looking on something to bet, I would give you uh Alabama minus seven and a half very confidently. Gotcha. Let's uh, you know what? Let's also do the lines for this one. Uh, while you look up the Creighton Princeton one, I have uh, it right here. Okay. Uh, what's the line for that game? The line is Creighton minus ten. All right. I will say this: Princeton's had a nice run. Um, I really, really, my heart really wants Princeton, but uh, I'm gonna have to take uh Creighton here. I just think their run comes to an end. They've been playing way too well. Not that Princeton hasn't. But I think it's gonna be a really close game, and I'm taking the I'm taking the under on this easily. Uh, give me Creighton though. So you think you're seeing who are you taking on the spread? Um, oh, I'm taking Princeton on the spread. Princeton and Princeton with the ten points. Okay. For me, I would actually take if you're gonna I I wouldn't bet this game. Um, I think it's too unpredictable. But if you do have to bet this game, I like Princeton on the money line of four hundred. I think if they lose, they're gonna get crushed. A lot of times these lower seeds finally lose the game. The team figures out their game plan. They just lose by like a thousand points. Um, so instead of taking the 10 points, I think the bigger value is on Princeton plus 400. If you want to be rooting for Princeton. Um, that being said, I would kind of just avoid betting this game altogether. I, I do think Creighton's going to win. Um, but of course I thought Princeton was going to get destroyed last round. What do I know? Um, so yeah, on, on the money line, I think Princeton 400 is a very reasonable bet. Um, but I would avoid the spread here and 
straight up, I would take Creighton if I had to pick someone. But I, I'm not confident about this. Gun game. to your head. Yeah, sure. Exactly. All right. Um, FAU Tennessee. I told you I don't like Rick Barnes, but I don't like him that much. Uh, I'm still taking Tennessee. I think FAU's run ends here. Uh, I do think this may be a close game. Uh, what's the spread on that one? Five and a half. Five and a half. Um, actually, you know what? I'm taking the over. I think Tennessee's going to win by like seven or eight points. So give me Tennessee. Okay. That's fair. And I really like FAU in this game. I think if they lose, it'll be very close. Um, and so I like FAU plus five and a half for me. Um, I, if I had to pick, again, this is not one that I would bet on. Um, the the So far of the ones that I would bet on, it's just Alabama minus seven and a half. But if you, if you had to bet, I'm, I, I would definitely lean FAU plus five and a half. I'd say I'd, about a 65% chance that hits. Um, and I think FAU could win this game outright, but I think five and a half is very, very solid line for what I expect to be a one possession game. I will tell you this. Um, FAU, in a sense, is a little bit lucky to be here. I, I'm not, I'm not you know, taking anything away. They, they made the Sweet 16, but in the first round against Memphis, they had a ridiculous non-call timeout that Memphis should have got. They didn't get that. And honestly, FAU was up by five points with three minutes left, and they straight up just choked it away. But give all the credit in the world to FAU. They're here. But this is a really good offensive team Tennessee has, and I don't think they can match point for point, for point with them. So I, I do think Tennessee's going to win. We'll see, man. I mean, yeah, on one hand, yes, and they're very lucky they got to play a 16 seed instead of one seed. I mean, that's the biggest difference ever. Yeah. Last time that happened, though, I think Kansas State actually made the Elite Eight, and then they lost to Loyola eventually, who made the Final Four. Um, but you know, FAU, uh, and I, and actually last time that Loyola team beat Tennessee, funny, a lot of the teams overlap, but I mean, I, I like FAU and everyone thought that Memphis team really was like on the same level as Purdue and FAU had to beat them. So, I mean, that team just beat Houston. I know Sasser wasn't playing, but FAU has shown us now that they can play against good competition. Memphis is no joke. Um, and they took care of business against a 16 seed that everyone was rooting for. I mean, it, that's a hostile environment. They went in there and won. Now they're probably going to have people rooting for them. Of course, Tennessee fans are going to travel, but you never know. And I think FAU has been an amazing team all year, and they've shown us they can compete with a very athletic team in Memphis. So we'll see what happens, but I, I like five and a half. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Um, let's get to the last pick on the left side of the bracket. That's Kansas State, Michigan State. I've told you already, I have Kansas State in the Final Four. Uh, would not surprise me this comes down to uh, last possession, one-point game. I think it's really close, but give me Kansas State. Um, but honestly, this is like a, a win-win for me because I wouldn't mind seeing either team win. I, I like Tom Mizzo a lot, and I'm really obviously for Kansas State because, you know, that guy. And, uh, so really, it's a, it's a, it's a no-loss for me, but I'm taking Kansas State here. And the line is Kansas State plus two, so I'm sure you would take that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Or you could take them plus one ten on the money's line on the money line, but I'd rather take the points. So they have the same thoughts as me. They have this as a really close game. Exactly, and I think Kansas State plus two is another thing that I would bet on. So now you have Alabama minus seven and a half and Kansas State plus two. Um, I think I favor Kansas State to win this game. Um, it could be close, or Kansas State could pull away late. Um. If Michigan State wins, it's going to be an extremely close win, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I would take Kansas State with the points, um, but I, I, I very much like Kansas State plus two. I've talked before about how much I think that they're going to make the Final Four. So, um, you, you know, Izzo sneaks in wins that you don't expect. So there's a little bit of pause, but uh, especially when you get the the plus two, I, I like the points. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, all right, let's go from the bottom here. We have UCLA, Gonzaga. Um, I'm really buying into UCLA, man. I like their coaching. Not that I don't like Mark Few, but um, they got some some gamers, man. Uh, I I'm curious, what's the spread for this game? UCLA is a two point favorite. Um, I would I wouldn't take the points, but I do have UCLA winning. I think this is gonna be a really close game. Well, okay. crap for two points, out. why not? So. Yeah, give me UCLA. Okay. And I have Gonzaga winning the game. I also think it's really close. I would not bet on this one. Um, exactly. If I had to bet, I'd take Gonzaga plus two. Um, I, I really think this game's a toss-up. Two points is not enough in a toss-up for me to say definitely bet on this. But if you had to bet and I had to recommend something, I'd tell you Gonzaga plus two. Again, this game's a toss-up. I slightly lean Gonzaga. Yep. All right, I'll let you have this one. Who do you have for this game? Arkansas and uh, UConn. All right, UConn is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I actually slightly favor Arkansas, um, but I think there's a ton of variability here. And when with such a high-variance game, I actually would tend to avoid the spread. Um, Arkansas is plus 150. Um, I think that's okay value, actually. Um, so if you're going to bet, and again, this is – it's a plus, plus money line bet. I, I still wouldn't say definitely bet on this, but if you want to bet on this game, I would recommend Arkansas on the money line at plus 150. Um, I kind of talked about earlier why I think Arkansas is so good and why UConn's getting a little bit overrated. Um, but Arkansas, we've also seen kind of like Pitt just disappear in some games. Maybe they'll do that today. I mean, on Thursday, we're, we're not sure. So that's why high variance, I would avoid it. If you want to bet on all the games, Arkansas plus 150 is my bet. Gotcha. I'm I'm with you on Arkansas. They also have a guy named Jordan Walsh. Uh, he's now probably the best defender in this tournament. He's a beast. He's going to be a ten-year player in the NBA. He's a lockdown defender. Um, I'm taking Arkansas too, and I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you, man. I think there's a pretty decent chance they can get to the final. Um, I think Nick Smith is the ultimate wild card. If he plays a full game with his knee and stuff, uh, sky's the limit for this team because they're already really deep. And now they add him to the mix. Uh, anything's possible. So. Give me Arkansas um, to get to the Elite Eight. All right, let's get to our last two picks here. Uh, Xavier, Texas. Um, I think Xavier's run ends here. I think Texas is just a really good basketball team. I already know who you're picking here, but uh, what's the spread real quick? Texas minus four. I'm taking the points on Texas, too. Give me Texas flat out. All right. And, yeah, you know, I definitely think Texas is going to win this game. I don't know by how much. Um, if I had to pick, Texas minus four. I think the spread should probably be Texas minus six. Um, but for me, not going to recommend it as an ultimate bet. But to me, the pick is Texas minus four. Gotcha. All right. Um, we did give our predictions earlier in the year from Miami-Houston. We're not being biased here. Um, but I had Miami getting to this point, actually, with Houston and Miami winning. Um, I don't know what the spread is. Um, I'm actually very curious what the spread for this game is. So it actually opened at seven and a half, and it's been bet down to seven. I would take the under in this. These are two elite offensive scoring teams. Um, I do not think – I think this is going to be a really close game. I would not be surprised this is a one- or two-point game. But I am taking Miami, man, um, just flat out. So you're taking Miami plus seven? Uh, no, oh, sorry. I'm not going to go that high. I'm taking Miami, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying no, you're getting seven points, right? Yeah, okay. correct. Yep. Right, yeah, so Miami was seven. All right. And for me – yeah, I, this has been bet down a little bit. I actually have seen some money lines somewhere listed as high as 320 or 330. Um, the money lines I'm looking at right now are open to 270 down to 255. 
So I'd shop around a little bit, but to me, the pick here, and I strongly recommend this, if you can get Miami plus 300 or more, absolutely go for it. But yep. even at plus 250, this is incredible value. Um, and I kind of, I've done a huge deep dive into the statistics on this game. Um, I really think that this is going to come down to whether or not the refs call Houston on their fouls. Um, Houston fouls almost as much as anyone in the country. Miami shoots one of the best free throw percentages in the country. Um, expect this game to be decided at the free throw line, believe it or not. Um, and it's going to come down to whether or not the refs put Miami on the free throw line. Against Auburn, they did put them on the free throw line, but Auburn couldn't convert the opportunities. Expect Miami to convert these opportunities. Now, some of the other factors in this game kind of that, that are going to decide it. Houston's been a great offensive rebounding team. Not that great on the defensive boards, though. And when you really look at the rebounding margins and come down to it, I really expect Houston to really win the rebounding possession battle by only about one rebound. Um, and the same thing on the turnover battle, because Houston forces a lot of turnovers, but Miami's very guard-heavy. We don't turn the ball over very much. So Miami forces turnovers at an okay rate. Houston doesn't turn the ball over very much either. Expect Houston to win the turnover battle by about one. So if Houston's winning the possession battle by two, but they're fouling us way more, they don't draw fouls, we don't foul, um, we're, we're going to have a much higher conversion rate on offense with efficiency. We're a much better shooting team. They're the much better defensive team. But um, when you really put all that together, you you, cut, you get a picture where Houston's going to get it on two more possessions in Miami. Miami's going to take more efficient advantage of those possessions. Miami's going to be on the free throw line a lot. And I think if we convert our free throws, we'll win the game. Um, I, I, can see if, I can see a picture of a game where Houston is shooting a lot of bricks. They don't shoot threes. Our weakness is defending the three. Um, they're going to get their rebounds, but we're going to get our defensive rebounds at Norchad. And as long as Norchad stays out of foul trouble, I like our chances to hold them to a reasonable score. And if they're fouling us, they're going to have to back off and we're going to score on them. So, um, we'll see. I think the kind of two ways this game can go. Miami can win this game, like around maybe 78 to like 65, or I think Houston can win this game like 63 to 50. And that would be the case where they just don't call any fouls. We're missing our free throws. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I think we're going to get fouled and we're going to make free throws. And I think that's really going to change the way this game goes. Houston gets eliminated in the Sweet 16 and we only have one one seed remaining. So yep. that's my pick. Um, there's my analysis of the, the three best. That's I'm recommending you are Miami plus 250 or better. Try to get plus 300. Um, Alabama um, with the uh, get like give them how many many points they want to, and uh, Kansas State plus two. Yep, well said, man. Um, well, obviously we're gonna wait till the games uh, finish this weekend, and we'll release another five with Nate here. Um, so far, so good. Can't wait to watch the games. Really rooting for Miami. Hopefully by this time Monday they're in the Final Four. Um, anything's possible, man, in this tournament. So not ruling anything out. Who knows? Maybe Princeton could be in the Final Four. Right. But uh, that's the beauty of this thing. Nate, like always, thanks for coming on. It's a lot of fun. And we'll now we have time to watch the games this weekend. Absolutely. Can't wait. All right, man. Have a good one. See you. You too. See you.